0: Welcome to the Dope Muslim Woman podcast. This is your host, Sabrina Mills. And we are now on another episode with Jamila Bashir, author, nonprofit leader, and phenomenal woman. This episode is titled The Journey to You Self Discovery, Finding Your Purpose, and Living Life on Your Own Terms. So, Jamila, welcome to the show. For having me, I'm so <laughs> excited to be on. Like this podcast has been fire. Oh, thank you, girl. I'm so happy to have you on. It's such an appropriate topic for you because you really have been like on this journey. To you, I, I feel like. So. I I have I have and it's, it's, it's a journey it sure is a journey <laughs> and we're gonna get into it but I do of course want to um, honor you by starting off with a proper introduction so of course I will you know I mean you've listened to it many times so I'll give my own personal spin and then you'll introduce yourself and then we'll get into the podcast but um for people out there, a lot of people do know that myself and Jamila, we go back all the way to childhood. We went to school together, middle school, that's when we kind of connected. We stayed friends ever since middle school. Um Jamila was always like the very extremely studious <laughs> friend that was very <laughs> that was very, very serious about her life. Meanwhile meanwhile we were cutting up in middle school. Jamila was very serious about um, everything that she did, um, and she's always given 100% to what she does. She's never been someone that's, like, just out there fooling around or had a rough patch. I mean, if I did, nobody—I mean, if you did, I don't know about it. But um, Jamila's like—but um, <laughs> not just that, she, you know, went into education. That's always been her passion. She's been a long-time special education um, leader, special education teacher, and she developed, you know, an organization. Um, she wrote a book and developed an organization, and she's going to adequately um, talk about that. But um, I just, you know, like I said, for me, I just saw, like, tremendous growth in the past few years as just a friend looking outside in. So, and me and Jamila, you know, Jamila and I, which we, you know, had no idea, but we just obviously are on kind of a very similar path. So I'm very happy to have you here. Um, but please inter- introduce yourself properly um for our listeners of course of course of course but first I just gotta tell you guys you know you guys wasn't going home to the here, so she didn't play so I was like look I gotta do what I gotta do because sometimes <laughs> you all don't have to go home to her so right that's her <laughs> mama one of the reasons My I mama. stay you know doing what I do but um Again, I'm Janila here. I um, am a special education educator. I've been one for the past 14 years. can't believe it's been 14 years. Um, I'm also a self-published author. I self-published the book Because of Her, A True Story of What It's Like Growing Up with a Sibling with a Disability. Um, I'm also an IEP coach where I do consultations with parents um, to help them understand what an IEP is and an IEP is an individualized education plan. Students who qualify for special education services get an IEP, so I help parents understand the parts of the IEP, the purpose of the IEP. I also review um, special education documents. Um, I recently started doing a master the IEP course where I teach parents this. literally going through every single last section of the IEP so they can understand the importance. Um, mm-hmm. of the IEP and, and how they can arm themselves and be empowered when they go into IEP meetings. And I am the founder of Because of Her, it's a nonprofit. And our mission was that is to basically educate um, the community about special education. So we're very, very new. Um, and but... You know, I put it out there that, you know, this is my nonprofit. And then it was something that was on my mind for a very, very long time. So I humbly am so happy that Mm -hmm. it's out there now. People are, You know, I'm going to start promoting it so that people know who we are and what we are about. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, uh, you're wearing definitely a lot of hats. You've accomplished a lot. And I know we're going to get into how you even accomplished that much. But I do just want to say from one Lover of special education, exceptional children to another. I just appreciate the work that you do. Like you know, even you know. I think oftentimes we don't get to tell each other that enough. But I, um, you often, yeah. you definitely often reach out to me um and, and give me that feedback but I do just want to say, I'm just very proud of you and just the work that you're doing is incredible work um you oh, don't know how I many, many parents you know parents have <laughs> no idea about this IEP so the work that you're doing really matters and I hope that you continue to do it I just want to say that before yes. we oh, get into sure the topic i you're fine the same right. to, you. Same to, to you thank you Angela. I appreciate that but um, all right let's get into it so um you know we had that question I definitely want to hear your perspective um, our central theme, what do you think makes a Muslim woman dope? What is your opinion around this whole concept? Okay, well, it has been unanimous that a woman's confidence <laughs> um, makes her dope. I um, yeah. just listening to, to the past um, interviews. But ultimately, um, a woman's confidence and knowing who she is and, she, and knowing like who she is as a Muslim like she is comfortable in her skin in her gene, and everything and that just doesn't sway her from what it is she has to do I feel like that embodies a dope Muslim woman yeah yeah so just coming back to this idea of like okay it's great to be confident but ultimately you gotta be very conscious of like your commitment to God right like you know like the theater, they, yeah. yeah you know who you are you are firming your gene, you're firming your practice, you know, you know yourself, like, no one can just come to you and just say whatever, like, about right. yourself or, or your Islam because, you know, you are just on point, you know, no right. one can sway you from what it is, you have, you know, what what you believe and what you're doing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yes. You know, Jam, that's perfect because I think that really sums up um, what we try to communicate with this podcast, you know, every, you know like I said, it's, it's kind of this this conversation around like dope Muslim woman people think it's about like you know this kind of prideful thing of like we so great we so empowered Which you know which is a part of the conversation but ultimately it is about women that are committed to our relationship with Allah. you know like committed to improving that relationship so I just appreciate that um you keep bringing you know that point being driven home um so that's that's, that's what we're trying to communicate here but um All right, girl. So let's get into it. So I know, like I said, based on the history that we've seen, and I know that, like I said, you definitely have been in your field for a long time. But there has been some transformations that I know you've underwent in the past few years, which has allowed you to, you know, step out on your own and step out on faith and push past fear, which I'm sure you're going to talk a little bit about when did I do want to just kind of bring it back though when did you realize or did you at a certain point realize that perhaps there was more than what you were doing maybe you weren't living up to your potential um when did you have that realization I want to say it was back in maybe 2016 or 2017 um at the time I was married I was And I was in grad school for the second time. I was doing another master's program in educational leadership because Mm -hmm. I knew, like, okay, I don't want to be in a classroom for the rest of my life. And I was just like, you know, let me go back to school now while I have some type of drive to do it. Because I was like, you know what? Let me just get there. Let me just get my licenses. that I, You know, so that way I just have them. And when I'm ready to get out there, I'll be out there. Also, I saw a lot of you know Muslims like just coming into their own Muslims um starting um businesses um i had been to a couple events where um sisters had written books one of my soul friends had wrote a book and i was just like oh my god that's so decent i was just like okay i wonder if i could do that but then i was like oh i don't have a story i have nothing to write about mm. and um so initially just seeing everyone else other mm-hmm. sisters, my peers, people who were older than me, some people who were the same age as me, just embarking on um, just new horizons and just new things. I was just like, I wonder if I could do that. But I was just like, but I don't even know what I want to do. But I mm-hmm. knew it was something more that I wanted to do than just being a special education educator. Um, I knew that special education was my passion. I knew mm-hmm. I was like, I knew that for sure but I was just like, I know it's something else in me, but I don't know what it is, and I can remember I had an idea it was basically what I'm doing as an IT coach now, I -hmm. had an idea, and I ran it across one of my lawyer friends, I was like what do you think about this, like do you think do you think this even makes sense and I never forget, he was like that is a great idea, like oh Mm -hmm. my god he said that is a great idea, and he was just like "Um, I think you should do it and I was just like, all right. And I kind of like sat on it for like a couple months, because um, I was, you know, again, I was um, in grad school. Um, I was a stepmom when I was when I was married. I was a stepmom, a stepmother as well. So I was just like, I don't have time to do it. If I'm not in school, you know, I'm with the kids, or I was with my husband, and I'm also an alumni Scout leader. So it's like it's like um, Girl Scouts, it's like Muslim Girl Scouts, and I'm a Scout leader as well. So I don't have time to do. That so, I kind of just pushed it on the back burner. And but that around that time, 2016, that's when I was like, Okay, it's something else for me out here, I just don't know what it is. And I remember I went to this um, workshop, it was talking about writing, writing workshop about writing a book because I kind of was just like, Well, let me just see what it takes to write a book, let me mm-hmm. just see what, what, what does it take to write a book? and I went and it didn't seem difficult. It seemed very simple. And uh, I remember before we left, she said, if you could write a book today, what would it be about? And I was just like, I don't even know. And I was just like, I said, well, to me, special of your passion. You want to write about that. And I was like, okay, I know I want it to be the truth. I want it to be honest. And then I was like, my little sister kept coming coming, running into my mind. And I was just like, why would I write about my little sister's name is Asya I said why do I write about Asya why don't I write about what it was like going up with her mm-hmm. because you always hear from parents you always hear from caretakers you never hear from siblings wow. and I was just like okay I can, I, can, I can do that I can write about that and I never did I share that and the woman was like oh my god that's a great story I would love to read that you know if you wrote this I would love to read that and from that course, I mean, from that workshop, we had a, um, she said if you were interested, we, um, they were doing an accountability group. So basically everyone who was interested in actually, you know, doing their book, she was actually walking you through each step. We met like every week on a Zoom to share what we wrote. And there was no, um, there, was, there was no judgment if you didn't write anything for that week or if you wrote a sentence. Or even if you mm-hmm. just got the idea down, it was no judgment, you know, just writing. So um, I did that, and at first it was very slow for me because I was just like, I don't know, I want to read this again. I kept doubting myself. I'm just like, right. I, I Want to read yeah. this? Yeah. I hate writing. I'm like, I because I get to the point when I'm writing, I'm like, this is not even a story. And then one day I was writing for hours. Like, I mean, all this information just coming to me. I was just writing and writing and writing and writing. So the next time I met with my group, I was like, look, I have like 15 pages of just thoughts that I have. And I was just sharing it. And it was just like, oh my gosh, like that's the meat of your story right mm. so from there. So from there, I um, typed up what I was um, writing and I shared it with one of my sisters, my old one of my older sisters. Because she knows the story, so she kind of filled in the holes I had in my story, and mm-hmm. she would say, "Okay, you have to go back to mommy to get this information, because um, she, cause you have holes here or whatever." So um, she helped me with that. One of the women in the group, she edited my book for me, edited everything. Like we were meeting like once a week um, wow. via Zoom, via Zoom, and. Um, was editing my story for me. And at the same time, I'm still in grad school. I was still married, still a stepmom, but I was making the time to do the Zoom. It was just once a week. I was like, okay, I can give up an hour or two once a week to focus on this. So from there, I was just like, okay, I have my book here. Basically, I got to, and I was like, okay, I have a story here. I have a story. And I'm like, okay, then am I going to publish this? Am I really going to post this? Are you Mm. really going to do this? Like, it's kind of like, you know how you can talk yourself out of doing something because you're afraid? Yeah. And I was just like, I was like, you got to do it. I'm like, you finish this now. And I'm like, you know, I've always been that person. Whatever I say I'm going to do, I'm going to do it. And I didn't Mm -hmm. tell nobody. I was writing a book effort. I didn't tell anybody. I told, I gave you two friends. And I was just like, you, you, you got to do this. You, you have to finish this. So right. I got a cover together. Um, I basically uh, went on fiber.com. It's a lot of freelance people on Fiverr, where you can, mm-hmm. Fiverr.com, where you can, you know, pay them for their services. And mind you, this person, this graphic person, we never saw each other face-to-face. We never talked on the phone. I gave him a description of what I wanted my cover to look like. That was it. Mm-hmm. and he just and he took it and he came back to me for like a couple of days he said here how do you, what do you think about this and it was like perfect I said I wanted to see I wanted two girls one you could tell is older than the other and I just want their hands touching they're leaning and you see the back of them because I wanted my story I wanted people when they look at the cover for so then to see themselves it could be any two little girls sitting mm. next to each other, you know, any sisters mm-hmm. sitting next to each other, and it was funny, the only thing I needed to change was, I was like, I need people to be black, you got them white, they need to be black, Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. Like, I just need you to make them black, and just he had to change the bench we were sitting on, other than that, it was perfect, and, mm. and then I never forget, I remember I, um, I found I can't remember what quote I used, but I put this quote on my Instagram, and then I had my cover, and then I said, coming soon, May 2018, mm. and I was wow. like, you know what? Once I do that, I have to finish this because now I just put it out in the universe. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, yeah. I have to finish that. And I'll say that was the beginning where I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm actually going to do this. I'm, I'm actually gonna doing do this. Like, I'll yeah. say that was like the beginning for me. That you know, the yeah. I mean, for sure. And you know, your story is very powerful because what I what I hear as you're talking is like, first of all, I hear um, a process. You know which is important you know because sometimes you know we know this people see the end result and they're like oh my gosh you know and they really don't know what went behind it but what i hear right is even if it wasn't completely intentional you really work a very disciplined process to be able to number one psychologically push beyond your own fear your own mindset your own thought processes and then put in the freaking work, which is so important mm-hmm. for people to understand. So I think that that is, is a very powerful story and a testimony to hard work does pay off, as we all hear. It's a cliche, but it, it's, 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 it's important. It, it's the truth. Now, I wanted to just like kind of build off of what some of what you were saying, and it's just something that has bothered me personally for a long time. And I've been, you know, working my own journey. I had to actually get a coach. Um, to actually Mm -hmm. help me with it. But it was this idea of, like you said, initially, you know, I heard a lot of self-doubt in your story and a lot of fear. And you were kind of thinking of like, well, you know, what story do I have to say? Do I really have to... Does anybody want to hear what I have to say? Now, tell me a little bit about... I, I get your story that once you put it out there, it was... But there was obviously steps along the way. Would you say the biggest thing that contributed you to keep going with pushing past your fear? Was it people... Was it just you kind of doing affirmations? Like, what were some of the things that allowed you to, like, continue to not succumb to the negative self-talk? I guess that's the question. Okay, for me, um, <laughs> me, basically, I always take everything to a law. So mm. I was just like having conversations, you know, making do I have a conversation with a law, and I'm just like, a law, if this is for me, if this is something I should do, please um, let it, bring it to me, and let me just let it let everything be clear for me. Let the title come to me. Let this come to me. I was just making do I about it. And at the time of me finishing my book, I knew my marriage wasn't going to last. Mm. As well. Like I knew that I knew that was not gonna last. And I was just like, I can't just I've never been a quitter um things mm-hmm. that I've started and I'm just like I have to finish what I start. The only way I'm not doing this if this is if this goes against my morals, if it goes against me being a Muslim, that's the or it's affecting my health. That's the only way I'm not gonna finish something. And I was just like, well this is not interfering with any of that. And I was just like and then also looking at people who have you know published their books. I'm like if they can publish their book, I know I can publish my book. And I know I have a story that needs to be heard, especially because again, I've always heard from parents. I'm like, I have yet to hear a story from siblings, right. a sibling talking about their experience with another uh, with their sibling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. An honest, an honest story about it. You know, no sugarcoating anything, but an honest story about it. And again me constantly making do I and then also I had to be disciplined to make the time to do it because I was still in grad school Yeah, I was still in grad school and I'm I'm working full time as a teacher and and I teach English so I have papers degree I have progress report, I have IEP I have IEP to do I had to be disciplined to make time to do it and I'll say that was one of the biggest things I had to do for myself because Mm-hmm. I felt like I already had many responsibilities on me as being a wife, being a stepmom, I'm a scout leader, being a uh, being a teacher full time, and I'm trying to pursue like something on the side, like a goal of mine, something extra on top of yeah. what my already busy life. I was just like, okay, you're going to have to be real disciplined. It was to the point where. For grad school, like I had a blank calendar that just stayed on the table and I had to write down every day like what I was what I had to read for school every day and the times that I was gonna do it. Then I had to look at that and say, Okay, you know what? You're not gonna be able to work on your book every single day. You may you can work on your book Tuesdays and Thursdays, or I may do it Mondays and Wednesdays. That's where mm-hmm. you work on your book because I, like, it was no other time for me to. I'm like, okay, I know I can get an hour or even a half hour on these two days to work on this book. Right. And that's very, very hard when you already feel like you're super busy because you're trying to do so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was, like, the biggest wow. thing and constantly making do I about it. And I was just like, oh, walk, well, leave. I was like, "Look, mm-hmm. this is for me. Please let me keep at it. Please let me keep at it. Don't let me stop. Let me keep at it." It's just, and that's something I had to do. Every time I break, every time I miss a lot, like I had to make this do I because I know, like, once I once I get to a point where it's like, "Okay, I just can't do this," I know, it's, I know, then that's going to be it for me. And I'm just like, "No, I have to finish this." And I had to tell myself, "You're going to finish this book, even if, even, even." Even though my goal was May 2018, if you get it April 2018, if you do it June 2018, get done. You know what I mean? I had to tell myself that as well. Like, even though you're making this goal for yourself, if you have to move your due date up, I mean, move it back. Move it back. But you will finish this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, it definitely a lot was, it seemed like a lot was happening around that time, and, you know, obviously there were some divine things that were happening, obviously, because like you said, you were praying a lot for Allah, and Allah was really pushing you, and uh, revealing things, and changing things rapidly, so when you, when we talk about, I mean, you mentioned it very lightly, but, you know, the marriage was coming to an end, you were right at the cusp of your goals that you really knew deep down, the things you were supposed to be doing, um, what really... What made you say, okay, I don't want to compromise my happiness? Was it, did you get to a point where it was like, okay, the marriage or the goals? Or was it just a matter of everything was shifting and that was just one of the shifts? How did that, Um, yeah, how did the end of the marriage kind of come into like you kind of making a change? Well, it was like, okay, my ex-husband and I, we both like, could feel it. You know, we knew Mm -hmm. it was coming to an end that this was not going to work. And, you know, um we, you know, talk counseling about things and we talked with, you know, our email about things and he had, you know, certain things he wanted. I had certain things that I wanted. And the thing is, it's like in a marriage you have to be willing to compromise, knowing that you're not gonna always get what you want and be okay with that. And when someone is not, you know, willing to compromise, it, it makes things super, super difficult. So I started, again, like I said, always, you know, just praying to a law. So I, my prayer, my dua I to a law with my marriage was a law. If this marriage is to last, please give me signs that it is to last. If this marriage is, you know coming to an end, please give me clear signs that I can't deny what you're trying to tell me. And that mm-hmm. was a very clear do I made. And I felt like a lot, and I made Istikhar prayer about like two times within that, within um, my marriage, like when it was towards the end. Because I got divorced in January of 2018, so it was like in 2017, you know, making an Istikhar prayer. And I can remember Allah giving me clear signs as day wow clear signs like okay this is not gonna work like certain things just wouldn't like we, we planned certain things right. certain things would just fall through certain things are just not working and I was just like okay well I'm like okay I see you I see I see what you're telling me I'm like okay and then there was then other situations uh, where we set when, when my ex-husband and I get down to talk and I'm talking and you know he's just listening he's not saying anything and I'm just like okay you know, I'm looking at, I'm, I was just looking at everything that was happening to me. And a law was giving me clear signs that my marriage was not going to last. And I never forget when my ex-husband and I had a, um, when it was at the very end of the day, we just like, it's not going to work. And I had to agree with him. I was like, you're yeah, absolutely right. And I can remember, I was just like, I asked the law to give me clear signs if my marriage was going to last or not and Allah gave me clear signs and I can remember remember saying to myself, "And if I ignore the signs that Allah gave me, that's just like a slap in the face. It's just like, well kind of like not believing in Mm -hmm. Allah to the point Mm -hmm. that he's not going to answer my do And it's like Allah answered my prayer. I asked Allah to give me clear signs and I said for me to not pay attention to those signs it was just like, well It was was just like to get you along. That's what it was like for me if if I did not pay attention to the sign. And I was just Mm. like, well, I can't say. I'm like, even though it hurts because you are divorced and you've been with someone for a certain amount of years and they're not there no more. And then you may feel like people in the community are going to talk or... Mm-hmm. Is the community going to say things? Or how is your family going to look at it? At the end of the day, I was like, you know what? I asked the law for clear signs. A law gave them to me. And I was like, a law, I know this is going to hurt, but I know you've got me. Right. Like, I know, I, know you, I know you got me. I know I'm going to get through this. And the biggest transition for me was I had to start all over. Because prior to getting married, I was even on my own. So now that this marriage is over I'm like okay I gotta start over I gotta start over and that is a very scary Mm -hmm. experience having to start over you're not sure where to start you may have to go back home to your parents if you Mm -hmm. have parents or you may have to uh maybe go to siblings or friends for help and like for me I had to a uh, humvee left. my parents are here and I was able to go back home even I didn't want to I had to a humvee left I had a home to go back home to you mm-hmm. know what I mean and exactly. I had to really figure out okay how long am I going to be in my parents house and what are you going to do now like you don't you're not married no more you're not you know what I mean I don't it was certain um, I felt like certain burdens was lifted off of me Mm -hmm. The first thing I actually did, well, a little prior to getting divorced, I started going to counseling for myself because I was like, it was just so much going on in my life, things that I never experienced before, emotions I never experienced before. And it was just so much that I needed to process. And I started going to therapy for it. And I went to therapy about like twice a month. I would go to therapy just to talk to someone just about me and about what I was going through and what I had to do. And that, that and prayer and me just continuing almost my life really helped me get through that divorce because even though I was going through the divorce, you know, I'm having times where I'm crying every day or I'm crying on the way to work or I'm crying going to sleep because it's. I'm thinking about this divorce, and I'm like, "Oh my God, I'm not married anymore." And how does that look? And then it got to a point. Well, it got to a point. I'm kind of like forget, forget what people think. Nice. I know that I couldn't stay in a, a stay anywhere where I felt like I wasn't being loved or I wasn't happy.
1: You nice. know what I mean? And it's
0: like we, like everybody, you're you're individually responsible for your own happiness. Or when you feel like mm-hmm. you're in a place where that is affecting. Just your happiness. I'm just like this cannot be life. Like this can't be what a marriage is. Like it just can't be it. Like I understand marriage has, you know, its highs and its lows. There have, you're times you're getting along, you're not getting along, and you're working through things. I'm like, but this cannot be the rest of my life of me feeling like this. Mm-hmm. And I did not want to be that woman who just stayed in the relationship just to say that they were married. And I didn't wanna stay somewhere where I was just was not happy. I was mm. I, I just refused to do that because I felt like I give so much of myself to my family, to whoever I'm I'm with and I'm like, this can't this, this i I can't feel like this every day. And this, right. this cannot be what a marriage is. this cannot be what life life cannot be like this because yeah. marriage is it marriage isn't meant to be like a like a, a burden on anybody. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And it was just like, this can't be it. You know what yeah. I mean? And so, and so afterwards, like once we got divorced, I have moved back home for about six months. I was back okay. home. And... I still was working on my book. I was like, well, you still got this book that you said you were going to put out in May 2018. Like, you, you, that's what you said. Like, I'm just really talking to myself. And I'm like, okay, I, I still got to do this book. So it's like, I'm still meeting with my editor. Mm. I'm meeting, with, um, I'm still, I, I found a, um, a woman on Fiverr who formatted my book for me. And I'm just like, okay, this is getting closer. Like, I'm, I'm actually getting close to getting my book done and I started posting things on Instagram about the book I started posting different quotes like special ed quotes kind of Mm -hmm. about just my book and oh Mm -hmm. it's coming it's coming and I started doing and then I started doing pre-orders because my book was just about done I started doing pre-orders for my book and I was just like okay okay this is this is almost this is this is getting real like this is almost done and When it was done and I actually got the proof of my book, I think I cried. Yeah. Because I was just like, Oh my god, this is done. I was thinking about everything everything that was going Mm -hmm. on while I was doing that book. Mm -hmm. And I was like, It's done. And I was just like, Okay, now okay, you have to do like your book signing. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, Okay. You know, start promoting your book signing. And I did that I had I finished my book in May and I had my book signing in June of 2018 and that was very humble, it was very successful uh, I had people come out talk about my book I talked about you know just talk about the book how I came about it and I from there it was just all about my book but mm-hmm. and if, and it if I could in my mind and Jen I'm I don't mean to cut you off I just wanted to clarify what was the time span for this? So I know that you had a lot that happened. So um, how long would you say from beginning to end with your book? From beginning to end, I want to say I probably started the book process. It might have been October of 2017 or November of 2017. And mm-hmm. I finished the book in May of 2018. I got divorced in January of 2018. Okay. So, okay, yeah, so it was from probably Which, like October of 2017. So over, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like it was a, year and half. a year and a half. Yeah. Okay, so would you say though, I see that you you started at some, so that time from when you got divorced to when it was finished, that's kind of a short span. Would you say that the divorce expedited your process or your dedication to finishing the book, or was it just already kind of there? Um, I would say it may. Made- my divorce, you know, because just being, you know, in that mental space, I may say I might have spent maybe 20, 20, excuse me, 22 weeks where I couldn't focus on my book because I was just focusing mm. on processing emotions and things.
1: Okay. And,
0: you know, I was... I wasn't happy that I had to move back in with my parents, but it's like, okay, I'm going to be late. I have my parents move back in, So I felt a different way about that. I'm divorced. It's like I'm 32 now. I'm like, I'm divorced. I'm like, oh, it was just that oh, feeling, oh, I'm divorced. Mm-hmm. And okay, I'm, I got to start all over now and all of that. So it was like, it was hard for me to focus back on my book. But it's like, I'll say going to therapy. Continu- continuously making do I and uh, doing that that helped me and then also crying like I, there were yeah. times I had to allow myself to cry and I never forget I had a family member say oh girl you're gonna be fine stop crying about stop crying about that man stop crying about this and I told them I was like listen if I have to cry every day to get past this that's what I'm gonna do yeah. you were divorced back then 19, whatever you're still married <laughs> I said I am in 2018 I'm divorced in 2018 and in 2018 if I gotta cry every day that's what I'm gonna do until I feel better you mm-hmm. know and that's just what I told that person and I never forget the tear you know like I said uh, sometimes I would cry to myself to please I would cry driving to work like I never forget I was going at the hair salon And the thoughts just came in my head again. And I started crying. I was like, if you don't fix your face, people are going to be asking you what you're crying for. And then you you don't want to tell them because you don't know all these people here. So, like, get yourself together. And um, i never forget just You know, the tears got less and less
1: Mm -hmm. and less.
0: And then I was able to talk about it without crying. And then I was just like, okay. And then my therapist was just like, I remember, I think it was like, um... In March of 2018 or April, she was just like, Oh my god, you're glowing. I said, I know this sounds so cliche. I said, I feel like I can fly. Wow. And that's what it felt like to me. I felt like the like big fly. weight I has been so, lifted. Yes, yeah, I yeah. felt so light that I wow. could really fly. And that's just what it felt like. And then, and then I'll say, once the tears stopped, I was like, Okay, I'm back to my book. I said, Get back to it. Like, tell mm-hmm. so So it mm-hmm. to it, and I had a I had a friend who knew I was writing the book, and my friend would be like, "Okay, how much did you write today?" or "Okay, where are you now? What part of the process are you at now?" So like that helped me too. Um, yeah. And accountability partner. You know, I just yeah. Right. I just got back to it, and then that accountability group that I was in, you know, was mm-hmm. very helpful as well. And then also having my older sister. She's just mm-hmm. like, okay, you done yet? Like, cause she's like, do you need to read anything else? Like, haven't heard, haven't heard, yeah. you know, yeah. checking with me too. That was very, very helpful. So that helped me throughout that process. Wow. So I think, I mean, you really cover you know, this whole idea of like self-discovery. There was a lot of discovering yourself and discovering, and and, and also redefining, um, you know, how you commit to your dreams, right? But right. I, I want to you know. It's, I heard a lot of positive people that helped influence I heard a lot about accountability groups and accountability partners and people in your life parents everybody that were really rooting for you and keeping you accountable was there on the contrast was there um people in your life um outside of you know maybe the relationship that failed, but like friends or family members that were um creating maybe some negative thoughts within you or some doubt did you also have that other side or was it primarily like you just had good people rooting for you along the way um, i'll say i had more people rooting for me than mm-hmm. against me or just giving me that lie of course you know you have some people who are just like oh you know we should try to work it out and I'm just like and I'm talking to them like we tried Mm -hmm. that we tried this 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 and this and I was just like at the end of the day I'm not going to allow this person to treat me this way or deal with me in this manner because I feel like as women we have to show people how we want to be treated you yeah. know what I mean? Because, you know what I mean? Like, that's something you really have to do, especially with men, because it's like, when a man says no, it's no, but it's like, if a woman says no, it's like, oh, we come up with a deal, or we're, we're compromising. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I said no. Like, that's right. no means. Yeah. And, and, no no. it. and it's no, and that's it. Right, you know, getting to the point like, I said what I said, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like, yeah, the man, he said it. what he said, and that's it. And it's like, okay, this is, it should be the same thing for a woman, too. Like, I don't understand it. So, you know, I did have a few people who were just like, you know, well, marriage is hard. I'm like, I understand marriage is hard. I understand, you know, it's work. And I was just like, but marriage is also a beautiful thing as well. And it should not be taken, you know, for granted. And then, you know, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't like, I never had the experience where it's like, oh my God, you made a huge mistake. Why are yeah. you want to let that man go or things but like what that? About, it was just like minor things. Yeah, 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 for sure. I, I mean, and that's expected with a divorce. But what about with your book, though? Were you Did you have, or did you not let people know outside of your accountability group? Did you have people that were just like, what, a book? Did you have that issue? You know. No, because you know what? I didn't tell a lot of people okay. that I was writing the book. It wasn't okay. until I was halfway done with my book when I made that Instagram post. And Mm -hmm. I had the book cover, and I had my picture, and it said coming May 2018. That's when everybody knew. Okay, gotcha. And I was already almost done. So it wasn't, I didn't tell a lot of people, oh, I'm writing this book, oh, I'm writing this book. Mm -hmm. I did not tell a lot of people at all. Um, Mm -hmm. It wasn't, like I said, it wasn't until I was halfway done with my book where I made an Instagram (laughs) post. Um, about it and I put it and that's when I put it out to the universe and then that's when people were like, oh, I, oh my god I, I got such great feedback yeah. from that post yeah. Humbley, lad, I got a lot Humbley, of great like, feedback from that So it was, and, and, and it wasn't like I got any negative, it was like, oh that's so decent, you're writing a book that's and so when funny. they asked me what it was about they're like, oh that's even you know, better and then like, I never forget um, the sister that I was doing the writer's workshop with she said, when you do this book, other things are going to come to you of what you want to do. And she was so right because she said, it's going to be more than the book. The book is going to be your initial thing, but you're going to want to do more. And and it wasn't until, I want to say that, Summer, I was just like, oh my gosh, she it's so right. Because it's like, I want to do more. And it made me reflect back to the conversation I had with my lawyer friend when I was telling him my idea. And I was just like, I have to do that because I love, I love special web Mm -hmm. and I love helping and I love to help people. So I'm like, how can I merge this together? And I said, well, I never get tired of explaining to parents how to interpret the IEP. I never get tired of it. I get tired of writing IEP, absolutely. But I never get tired of answering parents' questions, helping them understand this special ed journey that they're on. I don't get tired right. of that. Right.
1: So I said, Well right. let me
0: focus on that. So yeah. We, and I wasn't sure and I wasn't sure what I was gonna call myself. I'm just like, is that consultation? I'm like, mm-hmm. what the heck is that? Mm-hmm. So And the process of putting my book out, I made a separate Instagram page and a separate Facebook page for it. And I just started posting everything special. Anything special, I would post on there. Like Target has adaptive clothing. I have posted that on my page. I made videos um, of things I did in my classroom. I started doing Instagram live, doing videos and saving them on my page. Idea. what's the difference between a 504 and an IEP what are accommodations what's the difference between an accommodation and a modification um just all different types of things anything that came to mind I would put on the page and um a woman who started following me she has a daughter that has a disability and she has a podcast so she mm-hmm. reached out to me and said I would love for you to be on my podcast and I said sure so, as we were talking on, on there, she was introducing me. She said, oh, yeah, and the IEP coaching that you do. And I was like, oh, that's what I'm going to call myself. I said, that's IEP what this coach. is. <laughs> it's IEP coaching. That's yeah. what it is. That's what I'm going to call myself, the IEP coach. And that's right. I can ask where it came from. And my graphic guy who originally designed my business cards for my book and my banner, I told him, I said, um... I'm thinking about going and thinking about doing another business for myself and I was telling him what it was and he made the logo for me, the IEP coach. I immediately loved it. I loved it. And I was just like, okay, this is something. This is a business I can do for myself. And I said, I want to do something for my community. Mm-hmm. Said, what am I going to do? And I was just like, oh, I'm going to do a nonprofit. And I'm just going to call it because of her as well, because... It helps me remember why I'm doing it. Like right. when I hear the name because of her, I immediately think of my sister and I think of just her, everything she's been through with her disability. And I said, let me name my nonprofit the same thing. So that way I just always have that remembrance of why of why I'm doing it. And I went back to my graphic and I was like, okay, this is my nonprofit. The Jeremy called because of her. I said, I want to, I like that silhouette of the girl. I want you to utilize that in the logo for my Mm non-profit. And and he was just like, all right. He said, I'm going to get back to you in two weeks. He got back to me. And when I saw that, I was just like, oh my gosh. It was, it, 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 I just loved it. I loved the colors he put on it. It wasn't too dark. It wasn't too light. And you saw that silhouette of the girl. Yeah. just constantly you know made me remember just think about me and my sister our journey together and just her journey herself just you know being an individual with a disability and I was just like oh my god that sister was so right it's gonna be you're gonna want to do more than just your book other things are gonna come to me and other things did come to me and I was just like Okay, and then I got to the point where oh my God, I'm gonna I'm gonna do all this. So mm-hmm. I got an accountability partner. Yeah. We we would meet we literally FaceTime every single week. She's working mm-hmm. on her thing and then I'm working on my thing. And we'll say, Okay, what's our homework for next week? I have a book when I'm FaceTiming her where I write stuff down, she writes things now. Cause we touch base with each other about our homework. Um, and from doing that. I decided to do a course about how to interpret the IEP. You know, it's what I love to do. It's something I don't get tired of doing, so it doesn't feel like a chore to me. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And, and Philly, we have the Mount Airy Learning Tree, so it's like people mm-hmm. in the community can teach a class on something. So I was yeah. like, well, let me start. I said, let me start there, just to get my feet wet, just to see if I can actually use this. So I did it. And I was like, okay, I can do this. I can do this again. And I was just like, maybe I should do this online because I can reach more people online. Right. And I started doing that. And, you know, slowly but surely, you know, I got a following. People know me as the IT coach. I have certain people who comment every time I post something, who like every single post that I post um it's just kind of like i've even formed relationships with people from my team um, getting myself out there now when i'm living my book i also um, share information with my business to it coach i also share information oh i have a nonprofit as well because it is it, it, it's more than my book now mm-hmm. it's not just about mm-hmm. my book it's more okay things i want to do for myself and it's also okay i want to do stuff for my community too i want my community to be educated about education i want them to be able to get connected with services to help them outside of the school you know yeah. so yeah now it's like oh my god i actually have a business now mm-hmm. I, never yeah, sure. myself, I never saw myself and i never saw myself as having a business. You know what I mean? I never, right. saw my, I never saw myself doing that and I'm actually doing it sometimes I'm just like "Shop." People say, oh, you're doing I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I do have a business. You know, like, I'm very humbled by it. Like, I don't go around saying, oh, I'm this, I'm that. I'm very humbled by it. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I, I do have a business. Oh, my God. Right. Like, I, I've been yeah, in mean, a book. I, you yeah. know, I mean, and it's important to own it because it's, you know, I think, I think that's necessary for people that are watching watching you coming behind you trying to get the strength to do it it's important to own it I mean, I, I personally believe in that I, I think a lot of times in our culture unfortunately I think as black Muslims we use this idea of um, I think we sometimes use this idea of humility in a wrong way you know it's important to be humble right. but I also think I mean because I, I see it all the time other cultures other you know in, the, in Islam that they own what they do and with how you know, and they they talk about how they can help the community, things like that. They just own it. There's no shame with it. With with us, it's like, oh my God, she's braving. You know, and it's like, you know, I don't think <laughs> why we do that to each other as black people, as black Muslims, I should say. But I, I think it's really important to own it. But I have I do have a question and we are kind of coming toward towards the end. So I did want to make sure I drive home this really important point which was, I mean, you spoke a lot of it, you kind of identified it, but I want to be really clear. When we talk about passion, when we talk about identifying your purpose, which is this kind of journey to, to you, um, first of all, how did you come about identifying what your life purpose is. I understand you said your passion is special education and I also understand I know we understand the story of because of her i and winning into details, but there is a book, people. We want you to go and buy the book because of her. And we're gonna put we wanna tag the uh the website in a minute, but we know that kind of story beyond behind that. But when you talk about your purpose, is a little bit deeper, right? You know, you're not just a special education teacher. You're running a nonprofit. You're inspiring people. You're coaching people. You're uplifting people. You're uplifting marginalized voices. How did you identify your purpose? And do you have like a, a a name for that purpose? Like, like what is that life purpose of Janella? Oh my happy. gosh. You <laughs> gave me so much. Uh, it's hard, so, but we're gonna yeah, like, we're gonna work through it. Uh huh. My purpose in discovering what my purpose was, I had to figure out like what do I enjoy the most? Like, mm. and that I'll say that's where I started. I love helping people. Okay. That is just something about me. Like, I love to help people I've been doing community service since I was about 13 years old like I enjoy it Mm. I love to help people so and um and so I'm trying to figure out like okay I love to help people how can I do that with my profession as well like how can I do that like yes I'm a teacher but like outside of that like how can I also takes my passion of special ed how can I merge it with my desire to help people
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: I had to figure out what do I not get tired of doing Mm -hmm. in my profession Mm -hmm. that I can use to help people I mean what do I don't get what don't I get tired of doing and when I figured powerful. that out, I was like, oh no, That's a powerful, okay. yeah, that is powerful, but go ahead. <laughs> right, because I feel like, because I no, feel like yeah. if your purpose, it shouldn't right. feel like a chore, it shouldn't right. feel like a burden. It's what do you, you enjoy to do Whether you got paid, you did not get paid, mm-hmm. you enjoy doing this. And mm-hmm. I was just like, you know what, I love how people, I don't get tired of helping parents Understand their IP. I don't get tired of helping, connecting them with resources. I don't get tired of that because you know what? I'm helping them, which is helping their family, which is helping their child thrive in their education, and that is awesome to me. Mm-hmm. Like that is so awesome because I feel not enough people take education seriously. Like you have some people. Oh, I'm going to open a school. I'm opening a daycare. They think it's quick money or whatever. And I'm like. Why don't you take the time to do a quality here, a mm-hmm. school, a, you know what I mean, and and, and take the time higher quality profession, you know what I mean? Like this is your child's education. Why don't you take that seriously, just like you take finding of, your doctor seriously, or you take um, yourself seriously, or even you know how some people are so into, you know, they may be into clothes or whatever, and they're so meticulous on the type of designer they want the shoes they want, the bag, why don't you put that same energy, how can, how can you not put that same energy into your, into education, you know what I mean, for your child, mm-hmm. so me helping parents with their child, with their education, like that is the best for me, I get, that is, that fills my heart so much, yeah, yeah, that sure. fills my heart so much, so figure out what you like to do, what don't you get tired of doing, If you got paid, to do it, or you did not get paid to do it, mm. and mm-hmm. that helped me figure out what my purpose was because then I could just move any way I want to with that. Because I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I can make money from this, I cannot make money from this and still be okay with it, right? You right. know what I mean? So, right, like, and not letting fear get in the way, like, when I had to start over. my divorce like that was that was the most scariest time in my life because I had to start over because I was just like hey man I put in all this energy already and I did this I gotta do this all over again I'm like god goodness but I was just like I remember reading this um, quote from Will Smith and he um, he talks about how fear is like a choice Mm -hmm. like danger is real like that's real but when you're there, it's like a choice it's something you talk yourself out of, it's something that you scare your own self with to keep you from doing something, and right. I never forget it was like, wow, that's deep and I was just like and, that's, and that was something I had done in my life, I felt myself out of doing things right, right, I talked myself plenty of times out of doing things because I was afraid of the outcome, I don't know what it is or not and I got to the point I was just like, well you won't know until you try mm-hmm. so you gotta do it and I yeah. got to that point where I can't be scared. Like, like I can't, I can't let things keep me from being great. And that was a do I started saying to myself, like allah oh, well, Please don't let my fearful thoughts or feelings keep me from what I'm destined to do. Keep me from walking in my purpose. Keep me from what it is you have me on this earth to do. And that's hmm. a do I had to tell myself. Because I'm at the point now where I'm like, okay, I think I've told it all. I think I'm ready yeah. to go into administration now. And I'm like, okay, don't you get scared. Yes, is new. Yes, is something you've never done before. But you can do it. You Ooh, have everything in you to do it. You have don't the tools. Don't be tool. scared. You know absolutely. what I mean? Like you, ha- hey, absolutely. you have the tools within you. You got You just got to step out now and do it. And yeah. I've had I have a I have mentors who are pushing me to do it, even though I'm like, right. I don't wanna do it. And some days I'm like, I'm scared, but they're like, Look, you you got it. And I'm like oh, and, and then and it's like Allah puts people around you for a reason. They give you a certain energy. There's certain people mm-hmm. that that Allah keeps away from you because of the energy they can bring to you. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be detrimental mm-hmm. to what it is you have to do. So I had to say a let Allah has put great people in my life that support me 100%, like, see things in me I don't see all the time. You know, I mean, just just like you were saying, just as most, Black Muslims sometimes we kind of just downplay what we are capable of doing, and they're like, yeah. no, you yeah. can do this. Stop. They're like, stop playing and do it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's... I mean, it's powerful, and I think, you know, you spoke so much life to me just a minute ago, um, especially when it comes to, like... Um, you know, owning your journey, and just, like, this idea of really um, pushing past your fear. You know what I mean? Like, that's always been, like I said, a big, 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 big barrier with me, and another thing I was, like, I was just in my head wanted to say, like, yeah, 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 when you were talking about... Um, you know this idea of like not being tired from what you do because it's so funny i just had to share this really quickly like especially like recently like in the past week or the past month i get like random inboxes from people and being like yo sabria make sure you slow down and take it easy and don't you know you work so hard there's no way that you could be taking care of your family and i'm just over here like chilling <laughs> like, like swear to god i'm chilling like it's no exaggeration. Like. It seems like I do a lot, but I love absolutely everything that I do. It doesn't exhaust me. It gives me life. I have time to take care of my family. I have time to hang out with my friends. And I do a variety of things. And I'm like, that's really how like, it's so true. And people don't believe it until they're actually doing it. You know, are actually able to experience it. It doesn't exhaust you. And actually, I do right. think the timing, your day stretches like there's just more butter to it. I don't know. You actually live... Um, in a way that I think a lot intends us to um to each of us have have a mission here. But know, I do have to like come to a close. We have reached the end of this podcast, but I don't mm. want to and you dropped so many gems, but I definitely want to make sure that we understand what because of her, where can we access because, because of her the book. It's a very important message in that book. So we wanna we also wanna just support our authors, Muslim authors. Um, she's a black Muslim author. Um, we also just want to support our sister. Can you please drop some information about because of her, like the website where we can purchase it. Sure. So if you want to purchase my book or just learn more about me, my business, mm-hmm. my nonprofit, you can go to www. Becauseofher.info. You can act, you can purchase a book through my website. You can schedule consultations through my website with the IEP coach. You can learn about my nonprofit because of her. And you can also learn about myself and mm-hmm. how I started my book and my credentials. Also, you can um, buy the book on Amazon.com. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at because of her. Um, mm-hmm. I'm keeping it so easy. Everything's same title because of her. Yeah. I, post, I post everything special ed on my Instagram and Facebook pages about my book, anything, any um, opportunities that are coming up for me where I'm vending or I may, sp- I may be speaking somewhere. I post all that on my Instagram and on my Facebook page. I post videos, informational videos regarding social education, various topics. And that's where you can find me. Also, if you want to email me, you can do that through my website. But here's my email as well. It's Jamila J A M I L A H at. Because of her info, you can email me. You can DM me. You can Facebook message me. There you go. And so obviously, Jamila is very available for questions, um, consultations, and more. So I know that we do have a community of um, parents, caregivers of exceptional children. Um, And I know like, you know, we support a lot with Mace here in Atlanta, but Jamila is a very, you know, we don't offer the services that Jamila offers. She offers very, very practical, concrete services. um, And, you know, she's definitely an available resource. So we definitely, um, I definitely would recommend Jamila if you have, if you're a parent or if you just are someone in the field or if you just want to ask her some questions about her journey. But um, again. Yeah, I yeah, I appreciate you, Jamila. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank I appreciate you, you too. Yeah, Thank you, you so much. And I'm, I was so mad I couldn't come to the second annual Mace I was there for the first season <laughs> and I was like, oh man, I can't her. make the second one. But I know, but I'll but we were so, yeah, it was great. Yeah, for sure. And I know that as you continue to grow, you know, there'll be times where you might be calling me, be like, Rick, you come from, you know, we've got to exchange our services and our knowledge and our, all of that for the betterment of our people. So I appreciate Absolutely. the work that you do. Yeah. There you Absolutely. go. Absolutely. And I appreciate you and everything you do as well. This podcast, make yeah, everything Thank you. that you're doing. Thank you. That you all the things that's making me exhausted, according to the math. No, <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> <Well, laughs> but again, I appreciate all the listeners out there. I hope that you found some inspiration from the story. This is another episode of the Dope Muslim Woman podcast. And again, please continue to subscribe us. Um, on all of our platforms Whether it's Apple or Spotify Or Google Podcast um, It matters when you subscribe It matters when you click follow We appreciate the feedback that we receive In our Adult Muslim Women group Even though it's, you know, it's Like I said, it's a slow moving group But that group is that safe space If you have any questions And you want to give feedback We want to hear it Drop it on our page Drop it in the DMs Like you guys usually do About this podcast my name is Sabria Mills, and I thank Jamila again, and I will catch you next time. Assalamualaikum. Assalamualaikum.